Thanks for joining me for another episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. I thought I'd start the show off with a little David Bowie. It was three months ago, in, three months, three years ago in February that uh, we lost David Bowie. Uh, he died from cancer. No one knew until the day he died that he had cancer, other than his closest friends and family. Um, the spaceship that brought him here originally and dropped him off the planet Earth came back to retrieve him and take him back to the alternate reality from which he came. Because there's no way that dude was from Earth. He was amazing. An amazing artist. Uh, Mind-blowing empath. Uh, kind of one of the most paranormally aware artists of the 20th century in regards to uh, rock and alternative. I'm hoping that everyone's having a great week. I have a lot of really interesting news to share today. Uh, one of which is a um, sad story to start off with. A young man attacked by a canine-type creature that appeared to be either a werewolf or dogman. Uh, more details will be shared when I go over this with you. Also, metal found on the moon and uh, the sounds of gongs when asteroids hit it. Uh, could it have been an ancient space station set up by interstellar Viking pirates? Who knows? Anyone's guess is as good as mine, so I'm just here to share the information and leave the conclusion up to you. I also have Mailbag Day sharing really cool and sometimes critical messages from fans and foes. Uh, I share the good with the bad because it's fun to read the bad ones too because it kind of helps me to uh, aspire for greatness. So buckle up. Get ready, because this show is going to keep going on for a while, about a half an hour. That's about how long I keep my podcast. Otherwise, it's boring and humdrum. Thank you, and enjoy the show. This tragic story was was shared with me from Brian Ellis of Expedition Bigfoot. Richard Stevens, a 13-year-old boy, was killed last Tuesday in Knott County, Kentucky. Brian had been following the stories, trying to stitch together the evidence to make some sense of it all. The boy was staying at relative's house and a familiar, very familiar with the area. He was playing in the backyard, and a relative called 911 at 6 p.m., last Tuesday evening, saying the boy was being attacked by a canine-type creature. First responders on the site at 6.30 p.m. They made it after the 911 caller director directed them up the mountain behind the house. They had difficulty getting up the mountainside because of the steep, slick terrain, but found the boy was dead 300 to 400 feet straight up the rain-slick mountain. State troopers reported something is out there. Coroner had confirmed that the boy was killed by a canine-type creature, but couldn't identify what it was exactly. The latest reports are still listed as canine creature. There have not been any wolves in Kentucky for decades. A full-grown 40-pound coyote couldn't drag a 100-pound dead body up a mountainside. There are no mountain lions in Kentucky. 
a feral dog or even several feral dogs could not drag a 100-pound dead body up a mountainside, nor could a bear. The coroner has determined the cause of death to be a canine-type creature once again. The funeral was on Friday, and Brian had communicated with the relative to go set up a GoFundMe page, and three different reporters, all at the same time, had said canine creature. The coroner has had ample time to test the DNA. Known animals would be easily identified, but they aren't saying what it was that killed this poor boy. A bear or a mountain lion are the only two animals that Brian knows of that could kill a human and have the strength to drag him up 100 yards up a rain-slick mountainside. But it wasn't a bear or a mountain lion. Coroner said that the canine creature killed him. The authorities are asking neighbors to be hyper-vigilant of their surroundings. If you want more information, Google 13-year-old boy killed by animal attack in Kentucky. The story will most likely fade to black with no official ID of the animal or creature that killed him. Brian has taken the liberty of copying and posting this to reply to the Dogman post. Follow Brian Ellis and Expedition Bigfoot and you will read more about this and you will understand why the Dogman topic might be more important than the possibility of a Bigfoot attack. And now a word from our sponsor. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. There's a huge mass embedded in the center of the moon, and astronomers aren't sure what it is. Here is something you may not know about the moon. Earth's clingy best friend is also the site of one of the largest known impact craters in our entire solar system. Essentially, something caused a giant hole in the moon billions of years ago, and astronomers have just discovered that there's something big, really big, buried beneath the surface. According to research published in the journal Geophysical Research Letters, the moon's south pole Atkin base hides a mass that is estimated to be 4.8 quintillion pounds. Imagine taking a pile of metal five times larger than the big island of Hawaii and burying it underground. That's roughly how much unexpected mass was detected. The researchers from Baylor used various sets of data collected from spacecrafts that measure the gravity around the moon and compare them to maps and imaging of the moon's surface. As a result, they found a dense metallic mass pulling down on the floor of the basin. So what is it? James and his team surmise it could be metal embedded in the moon's mantle from the asteroid impact that caused the crater some estimated 4 billion years ago. 
If that's true, it could be a time machine and a gold mine for scientists studying the history of the universe. All of that metal and basically the entire area surrounding the mass and the crater could tell them a lot about the asteroid impact, how it happened, and what the solar system was like when it did happen. The basin is one of the best natural laboratories for studying catastrophic impact events, an ancient process that shaped all of the rocky planets and moons we see today. Unfortunately, the crater and the mystery substance below aren't visible to mere earthbound humans since they are on uh, literally the far side of the moon. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Well, this should whet your appetite. Right now, NASA has confirmed, or openly discussed, not necessarily confirmed, ancient alien city found on the secret dark side of the moon and different NASA images. This week marks 50 years since man landed on the moon. But was something there before us? 50 years ago this week, man first set foot on the moon. Neil Armstrong, whom I was named after, Neil, of course, but he spelled it N-E-I-L, I'm N-E-A-L. Neil Armstrong won the space when he stepped out onto the lunar surface and declared that's one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. Sorry, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. He was joined by fellow astronaut Buzz Aldrin as the pair spent several hours walking the surface of the moon. Michael Collins who was also part of the mission, remained in the command module while it was in, still in orbit. The Apollo 11 mission took off from Kennedy Space Center in Florida on July 16, 1969. It took the crew eight days to reach their destination. Eight days from the Earth to the Moon. And the rest, of course, is history. Images and footage of the historic moment were beamed around the globe. Mankind's first glimpse at lunar life. Since then, a raft of conspiracy theories have sprung up about whether or not the moon landing was faked. But one of the most unusual ideas is that on the dark side of the moon, not visible from Earth, lies an ancient alien city. NASA images of the dark side of the moon have fueled the belief that Earth's nearest neighbor is hiding an amazing secret. Some of the pictures show square-shaped rocks, and alien hunters have claimed they could be buildings. They, had, they add the structures that look to have been abandoned millions of years ago, which has led them to believe a tragic incident is the reason aliens no longer live on the moon. Scott C. Waring wrote about his wild theory on the ET database. The conspiracy theorist said the objects seem to be very reflective but have dark black areas that have a lot of right angles and appear to be structures. Some of the objects were white reflective roofs 
or buildings that had openings that allow ships to come in and go. Some of the ships in those structures are hanging halfway out, which makes me think some tragic event happened that stopped them from existing fully. Scott even believes the ancient city could have once included a port. Other conspiracy theorists claim to be certain that alien life still lives on the moon. Over the years, they claim to have spotted pyramids and other monuments similar to that. Could this be the remains of the ever-elusive Loch Ness Monster? Speculation that mystery skeleton washed up on beach during storm Ciara is the Loch Ness Monster. A gigantic skeleton washed up on an Aberdeenshire beach during a storm and has prompted online speculation over what it could be, including suggesting that it might be Nessie. A photograph of the carcass was posted on social media in the wake of the storm Ciara which brought strong wind gusts to the whole of the UK. Hundreds of people have joined in the debate about what this mystery object might be via the community group. Fubar News suggestions, including that the skeleton is of a whale, while other ideas included a saltwater crocodile and the vertebrae of a brontosaurus or a diplodocus. Other contrib contributors joining in the fun reckoned it was rarely seen a deep sea haggis or a Chinese New Year dragon. Various people suggested that it was Nessie. Brian Ingram said Nessie escaped to the sea, but then came to a sticky end. Emma Louise Bolin had a similar view. Nessie could not have adapted to salt water, she said. This picture was posted on FUBAR News which is available through facebook.com slash fubarnu slash photos. Related articles were first recorded Nessie sighting of 2020. Monster.fandom.com That's monster.fandom.com Now, there's a theory I've had for years. I've shared with many people. Some think it's a brilliant idea. Others think I'm completely cracked. But what if Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Skunk Ape, Yowl are all either a missing link directly connected to Goliath from the Old Testament? Or what if such a creature is actually a descendant of Goliath and a human hybrid, maybe not necessarily a celestial being, mixing with a creature such as a Nephilim or a giant, but a humanoid mixing with such a giant, creating the offspring, almost like a, like a Mongol of some sort, or a Mongoloid, I should say, not a Mongol. Like a half-breed creature such as that, fully covered in hair. Uh, there are some people who've thought for years that maybe the Bigfoot creature is just a crazed hippie left over from a bygone era, a hermit living in the woods that decided to let his hair grow, and genetically, his offspring continues to do the same. But then that doesn't explain why they are in excess of about 13 feet tall. Some, 9 feet tall, uh, 7 to 9 feet tall. It depends on what part of the world you're from. 
and they vary in size and shapes, of course. Uh, colors of fur, you got brown, you have uh, some with a red tinge, some with uh, black fur. And a lot of trail cams lately have been picking up creatures such as this. Uh, it's not bears. Um, you can definitely tell the difference between the way a bear walks on its hind legs versus the way some sort of a humanoid bipedal creature that is designed to walk on its hind legs naturally looks compared to the way a bear walks around on its hind legs. We may never know. And the fact of the matter is, the world we live in, there's a large part of the world itself that's virtually unexplored. And we only know no more than 15% of our own oceans on this planet we live on. And we know more about space that surrounds our planet and space in the outer realms than we do about our own home. Uh, there's caving systems that are unmapped, uncharted, unmanned. Uh, within our planet that God knows what lives down there or what it leads to. And not only that, but I think we've only thoroughly discovered and cataloged about 40% of all marine life that lives in the oceans. So that in itself gives me hope that something is living within our wilderness that follows a migratory pattern, doesn't stay anywhere for too long. You always find the remnants of where it once was. You always find footprints. It's always on the move. It has to be. The human race in the 21st century were ever expanding. But there's parts of the U.S. that are virtually uninhabited, not because of a hostile environment, but because people just flat out don't live there. Now you've got all these states within the West where you can drive for miles and miles, almost an entire day, before you see another house, farm, gas station, or even... Amish by horse and buggy. It's inconceivable if you've not traveled those distances, traveled those roads. Until you do, you really see how large the world is and how much land there is that's not really been scraped by human hands or touched by human feet. Imagine what non-human creatures are touching and scraping that land that we don't see, that we don't know, that we don't fully understand. Science hasn't accepted. And regions within the jungles of South America, the Congo and Africa, there are things living in there that we'll never see in our lifetime, we'll never find, never discover. But every week we hear about new discoveries of strange marine life or some kind of a butterfly or a type of mountain lion or a jaguar that was thought to be extinct. And then, boom, there it is. Where has it been this whole time? Hiding. There's parts in Africa where people live side by side with elephants, but they may never see an elephant. They know it's there. They hear it. They see the markings of an elephant, the footprints of an elephant, but elephants follow a migratory pattern, and they don't stay anywhere for too long either, and mainly because of poachers, so it's in their nature to keep moving. So you may never see an elephant, even though you live side by side with these. And for myself, I live in the Midwest, and I see deer all the time. But there's also times where the deer are right there, and I don't see them. And it's completely possible for something bipedal, like Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Yowie, Skunk Ape, whatever culture decides to name it, whatever, that they do, in fact, exist side by side with us, whether we see them or not.
Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this week. I hope you enjoyed all the nonsense and silly stuff I talked about. Uh, Stories of Nessie, stories of werewolves, Bigfoot, uh, strange happenings on the moon. We've got space stations on the dark side that are not of our own. We've got UFO sightings that are taking place between the space station and our planet Earth. Uh, They're cutting the live feed when things show up, strange anomalies floating around that are not of this planet. Anytime an asteroid hits the moon, a strange gong goes off and sends uh, radio frequencies to Earth. So there's plenty of kooky theories floating around. And of course, I don't take kindly to flat earthers. So anytime you want to send messages, questions, complaints, or suggestions, please be sure to email me at parksparanormal at gmail.com. That's parksparanormal at gmail.com. You can always Google me. You can Google the, the name Neil Parks or even at the Neil Parks. It'll bring up an entire entourage of page after page after page of really neat information about my books, documentaries, films I've been in, and television appearances. So feel free to shoot me a message. Just don't shoot me. So I'll see you next time on an all-new episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Have a great weekend.